Hey, everybody. He's Lieutenant Frank Drebin. She's Jane. I'm Captain Ed Hawken. No, that ain't it. He's Nordberg. A killer character, by the way. <laughs> She's Queen Elizabeth. And I'm Enrico Palazzo. Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo. No, that ain't it either. This isn't the naked gun. This is... What is this? This is Vikings Report, Drew and Ted. Drewster, how are you? <laughs> Killer role for OJ, that was, Nordberg. That was the second best acting performance I've ever seen. In <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm feeling like two mice wrestling in a wool sock, Ted. Got a lot of football to talk about. Naked Gun looks like it was produced by, and made by Tunes's. Yeah. So stupid. I love it. You know, I meant to tell you this. We did the movie Airplane a while back. We did our tribute for that. And, like, before Airplane, I only knew Leslie Nielsen as, like, this quasi-mid-level bad guy. You know, like the businessman that cheated out the little guy. Sure. He had all these, like, semi-series roles on TV, and I don't really remember any movies. Pending further evidence, you're deprived of space pay and all privileges. Well, me too, sir? No, me too, sir. We'll stand 20 extra watches. I'll have less streaming aboard this ship. Or if he was like in a Western, he was like the guy that wore the black hat. He was the bad guy. Then he does this, to me, this complete role reversal with Airplane, and that just changes his entire career, and he does all these campy comedy movies. This is great. That was his niche. He found it. Yeah. Then he played that same, pretty much same guy from Airplane on. Uh, Cuban? Uh, no, Dutch Irish. My father was from Wales. <laughs> yeah, the same dude, but it was, it worked, man. It was a great formula that worked. What about Mr. Papschmeer? I must kill Papschmeer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, what a goofy movie that was. I, I, it was a great, great movie. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to Vikings Report, episode 96, Ted. 96. And speaking of goofy, how you doing tonight? Toonsis? <laughs> Frank, it's so sweet of you to be concerned about me. I'm doing good. Don't call me Shirley. Shirley, you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. <laughs> you know what's sad, though, is Drew pointed out, we rewatched Naked Gun today, and a bunch of the announcers in the Anaheim game are dead. Yeah. Remember they went down the row, and Kurt Gowdy was the first one, and then Jim Palmer... And then Mel Allen, and they went right down the line. There's only two people alive still. Hello, everyone. I'm Mel Allen. Welcome to This Week in Baseball. This Week in Baseball. That was like one of the big shows when I was a kid. He was great. But they had that Dickie V up there on the board, Dick Vitale, yeah. and Dick Enberg was on there, too. There were a lot of stars in that movie, Ted. Weird Al was in that movie. And a lot of cameos, yeah. Cardo Montalban is the bad Cardo guy. Mont <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Corinthian leather. All right, so like, look, we got a big show tonight. Before we get going, we want to remind everybody, look, please like, subscribe to the show. Thanks so much for doing that if you have. We have our live draft show coming up on the 27th and 28th. That's under two weeks from now, believe it or not. Please join us. It'll be me. It'll be Drew. It'll be our good friend Christopher Gates, the founder and lead blogger over at the SB Nation site, the Daily Norseman. That's dailynorseman.com. We'll give you the first three rounds of the draft, uh, and we won't know what we're talking about but at least we'll sound dumb when we are talking about it. So please come join us. We're giving away prizes. It's going to be a lot of fun. 
uh, but we are going to maintain high expectations and high standards for all of our students. Baby. We've done that the last several years now. It's one of the things I look forward to the most throughout the offseason. With that, you can head on over to our website, vikingsreport.com. We're going to run the promo here in a minute, but I want to mention that we've got a Patreon account over there on vikingsreport.com, and we just got a new subscriber, Shane Lind. I've known Shane since, like, sixth grade. Haven't seen him in years, but he just is our newest Patreon subscriber, so head on over to vr.com, check out everything else, and I'll tell you what, before I have to go over everything else, Ruby's just going to run the promo about vikingsreport.com and our website affiliate, Purple Pain Forms. Go ahead and hit that, Ruby. SOS, Loke DJL. That's what he says. Damn it. Before we get going, we want to tell you about a website that we are affiliated with. It's called Purple Pain Forms, purplepainforms.com. It's a great message board full of smart, intelligent, funny Vikings fans, specifically Vikings focused, but there's plenty of off topic subjects to talk about the college football, the NFL draft. Even stuff that has nothing to do with sports, if you're into that. We are the official podcast and, and YouTube program for Purple Pain Forms. They are our official website slash message board. Funky Town and Dan Chat do a great job of moderating that board and keeping the topics lively and moving and everything else. Great place to go talk Vikings football. Check it out when you get a chance. The other place I want to talk to you about is our little humble corner of the internet, vikingsreport.com. On vikingsreport.com, you get all our social media contacts for both Twitter and Facebook. None of us are on Instagram. None of us are on TikTok because that's a commie spy program. Over on vikingsreport.com, you can check out our prize vault. We've also got merchandise from zazzle.com. You can get a mug. You can get a travel mug. You can get a beer stein. So go over there when you get a chance to check those two websites out. Purple Pain Forums, VikingsReport.com. Go check it all out. We got some cool stuff over there. And Ruby just redid that website, too. It looks pretty good. She did redo it. It's very, very good. I saw it over the weekend. I was very happy with it. And I thanked her accordingly. How about dinner? I know this little out-of-the-way place that serves great Viking food. A lot of stuff going on. We got Vikings news we got to talk about. We're going to talk about some trade stuff, I think, with the draft coming up. And then we're going to get our regularly scheduled positional analysis. We're getting down to the nitty-gritty on that. We've got defensive end this week. we got linebackers next week. And then we got defensive backs, and, and that's it. We're done. And Tyler Fornes will be here to do the safeties and corners like we did last year. He was with us for that show. So he's he's coming on back to give us his big breakdown on the secondary guys. Looking forward to the real Forno being on. Telling us for like an hour and a half how great he thinks Anthony Richardson is. Oh, he will. Yeah. <laughs> He's the new Malik Willis, Ted. Oh. Uh, Plus, he gives us a hair tips. The guy's got great hair. Oh, right the here. dude has fantastic hair. I am envious of Tyler Fornis and the dude, the quaff. Hi, I'm Fabio. I'm so pleased you decided to spend some time with me. <laughs> but he has. <laughs> it's almost as nice as Presley. Priscilla. <laughs> All right, look. Vikings news, you know, there's there's not a whole lot going on in the Vikings world. We're gearing up for the draft. Free agency with the Vikings up against the cap is pretty much over. What is your state of the team at this point? Where do you think this team sits? What do you like what they've done? What don't you like that they've done? Ted, I'm cooler than you are. <laughs> oh, we got to do that, don't we? Before we talk about all that, stop, rewind. Nothing to see here, please. Rooster, what time is it? 
Jen? I'm cooler than you are, so why don't you fix your little problems? Light this candle! He's right! Light this candle! I can't believe I do this show with you two. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right! Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. <laughs> yeah, so, like, look, not a lot going on in Vikings world. Free agency, I think, is just about done. They're gearing up for the draft less than two weeks away. What are your thoughts on the offseason? What do you like what the Vikings have done? What do you dislike that the Vikings haven't or have done? I liked all the moves releasing and the new guys they got because of the money in relation to how much of a super player they can become. Murphy on the outside, he's a lot better than what he showed at Arizona. He seems like he was placed out of place there. He didn't play really up to his level. He needs an early second round guy. He's the second corner taken in the draft when he got drafted. And then everybody else, I'm anxious to see that uh, Lowry guy on the outside playing some defense. It seems like all the guys they got have good work ethic and high character and they don't cost a lot. And this is the year they're blowing it up. So I'm happy with everything so far. There's not really anything to be negative about. And I'll be negative if they select at 23. That's the one thing I'll be negative about it when that happens. I'm 100% convinced out of my 53 years watching football, this is the number one year they should be trading back. I'll agree with you on that. I kind of like what they've done. I wasn't thrilled, and I said this, I think, last week or whenever it was. C.J. Ham extension, I mean, he's a good player. Okay, whatever, fine. I kind of like their low-key signings with Troy Reader and Brandon Powell. you got to have decent depth. I think those guys bring that. And like you said about Murphy and Dean Lowry, I like those signings as well. I was kind of surprised about the Josh Oliver signing, the tight end from Baltimore, and then re-signing Alexander Madison. But I think the Madison re-signing was like one of just more moves to come at the running back position. We've talked about Dalvin Cook a lot this offseason. One of the reports that came out with him, I think it was Tom Pelissero reported earlier in the week, is that he is making excellent progress on his shoulder surgery recovery. So they were able to get him to the hospital in time. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. Everybody thought he was going to get traded um, a couple weeks ago, and now it's of the opinion that the trade is going to happen, but the team that they're going to trade to, he's got to be able to pass a physical first. That appears to be getting closer. Do you buy that? Do you think they're going to trade Dalvin Cook, or do you think they're going to keep him? If they do trade him, it's going to be for the draft. It was going to be during the draft. What do you think? I still think he's going to be traded. To somebody, I think it's going to happen on draft night. I also think Hunter might get traded. I kind of have a feeling, but that goes into what we're talking about, that first-round pick. Only one guy I would take in the first round if I didn't trade back. Only one player in the whole draft. If I traded Cook, it would be Bijan Robinson. Really? All right, explain this to me like I'm a two-year-old, okay? Because there's an element to this thing. I just cannot get through my thick head. Bijan's got it again, turns the corner, makes people miss, makes one of those cuts, looking like Reggie Bush in the open field, number five still running, all the way to the one-yard line. Boom, roasted. He's going to be such a special back in this league. I know it sounds crazy taking a running back in the first round, but if the guy's going to be what I think he's going to be, you're getting a deal at 23 on him. Dalvin Cook, I think as soon as he gets a clean bill of health, I think they're going to move him. I could buy Daniel Hunter being traded. What do you think is Darius Smith? you think he's going to get moved, or do you think he's going to be in town next year? You know what, Ted? I kind of think all three should be moved. 
they started this blow up after the season. Last year, we know what they did. They kept everybody and made a run. It was a really good season for just holding Pat to what they had. But they knew that this was going to be the season. And now Kendricks, and we don't need to go over the list. All those guys are gone. You're blowing it up. You got to continue on this mission of trading back at 23, whether it takes trading all three of those guys, trading 23, whatever. This is the year, man. You got to accomplish getting all those players. And this Hendon Hooker thing at 23, if you take him, okay, if you take that guy, that means you make no moves with 23 because you took that quarterback. First off, he's not going to touch the field. Mm-hmm. And secondly, you're waiting 64 more picks before you take a guy in the third round who might be a starter. That's ridiculous. You can't do that. No, this is where somebody wants 23. You say, well, throw in Dalvin Cook. We can get more picks for him. I say we go for it, Ted. Go for it. Yeah. So let's talk about these trade down scenarios. Now, for 23, if the Vikings stay at 23 and it's not going to happen, these two guys are not going to slide that far would be C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. If one of those two dudes are sitting there at 23, yeah. But C.J. Stroud's going first, Bryce Young's going second, or vice versa. I think Anthony Richardson's going in the top five. I think Will Levis is going in the top ten. I think your top four quarterbacks are going to be gone. And so you've got Herndon Hooker. You've got a guy like Stetson Bennett. I think you've got a guy like Tanner McKee, Stanford, whatever. Those guys are out there. But those are dudes you do not need to get in the first round. I would argue you shouldn't get in the first round. But that's just me. I agree wholeheartedly, Ted. But I also think people are talking about trading up. Let me trade up to get Will Levis. You know, you might as well just bag it for the whole thing. If they trade up to get Will Levis, there's no way they're trading Zadarius Smith and Daniil Hunter. Unless he's a drooling vegetable. But I think that's only common sense. I think they'll keep one of those two dudes. I think they're going to keep either Darius Smith or Daniil Hunter because they're going to need a premier guy on the edge. And I think both of those guys would do very well in a floor's defense. Vikings currently sit at the 23rd spot. And I agree with you. I am on team trade down. If you remember last year, the Vikings were sitting at, I believe it was 11 or 12 coming into the draft, just outside the top 10. Quasi Adolfo Mensa traded all the way down to 32. And then in the second round, he traded his early second-round pick and traded down for two second-round picks with Green Bay. And he made a bunch more trades after that. But it is not unreasonable to think that Kwesi Adolfo Mensa is not opposed to trading down as much as he can. Because like you said, they've got pick 23, and like you said, pick 87, and then pick 119. And then they got 158 and then 211. So I would agree that the Vikings should trade down. How far would you be comfortable trading down the first time? Maybe 10 spots would be the max I'd want to do it. The first couple picks of the second round would be my limit. Okay, so let's go pick 30. That's, I think, Philadelphia Eagles. They currently sit at pick 30. Let's say Howie Roseman calls up Kwesi and says, let's make a deal. If you go off the Rich Hill trade value chart, and that's kind of the standard that most teams kind of use as a guide. It's not absolute. It's not written in stone, but it's kind of a, a value for each pick. We'll throw a picture of it up on the board. But each pick essentially is worth X amount of points. And, and if you're going to make a trade, you want to try and get those points to equal out as much as possible. So the Vikings pick at 23 is worth 245 points. Let's say they do want to deal with Philadelphia. Pick 30 is 196 points. So Philadelphia has got to make up, what, 51 points. To get to that 51-point threshold or close into the ballpark, if Philadelphia throws in their third-round pick, which is pick 94, that's 41 points, and that gets them within, what, 10 points, I think it is. They're going to switch places with us and give us pick 94? Yeah. Would you do that? 
I would probably make them add something else in, like a next year's draft pick, because that doesn't seem like a lot to move up 10 spots. You're going from 23 to 30. That's only, A, that's only seven spots. An extra third-round pick, I think, might give them flexibility. Let's say they do that. So switch spots. We get pick 30, and then mark down that we get pick 94. So if they get rid of pick 23, they add pick 30. They now have pick 87, pick 94 from Philadelphia, pick 119, original pick, 158, and 211, all picks they had coming into the draft. So that gives them now six picks. Do you like that move? I love that move. I want to trade one more time before we pick. All right. The Vikings did that last year. Going into the draft last year, they had two picks in the top 100. Maybe this will refresh your memory. I don't know. It's still kind of hazy. How about this? Yeah, I remember. When Kwesi Dolphamensa was done wheeling and dealing, he had, I believe, four picks in the top 100. He fished out three starters, or going to be starters, in Scene, Booth, and N. Ingram, who did start. And he got a Caleb Evans as well. Plus Brian Asamoa, who is projected to now start going into training camp. So this scenario about trading back twice before we even select somebody could happen. It could. Yes. Very much. I believe it can. Who wants to be at 30? What about Atlanta? They want Dalvin Cook, and they want to move to 30. Dalvin Cook and 30? Yeah, what do we get back, Ted? I'm not throwing in Dalvin Cook for that, because you're already giving up another first-round pick. You can't get one back from them. So let's see. Pick 30, 196 points, okay? Pick 44, where Atlanta is sitting at, is 110 points. So they still got 86 points to go. Their third-round pick is worth 63 points, so that's 173 points. And maybe a fourth-round pick, which would be 30 points, and maybe they throw that in next year. So if you trade out from 30 to, like, 44, you're trading out of the first round, you're giving up that fifth-year option for a first-round pick, and you conceivably could get back a second, third, and fourth-round pick. Maybe. Now you're talking my language here, but before you start freaking out about we don't get a pick till 44, a lot of times, Ted, you know why fans get mad about tradebacks? Because they're all built up to get the pick. Yes. A lot of it's really emotional. Ah, they traded back. I can't believe they traded. You got to take that emotion out of it. You got. You have to do that and look at what's best for the team. And I know people do not like tradebacks, but I know the majority don't like them for that fact. Now, let's look at the value and the talent that's there. You're probably going to have guys like Maisie Smith and Siaki Ika. Defensive tackles, the Vikings desperately need to shore up on the defensive line. Let's see, who else would you have there? B.J. Ujolari, Kalaja Kansi may be around. You got John Michael Schmitz if you want to go center. Jack Campbell, great linebacker from Iowa. The Vikings need linebacker help. You've got guys like D.J. Turner, Clark Phillips, ranked in the 50s. There's a lot of talent there. They need a lot of help on defense. They've got Kirk for one more year, and if you want to talk hooker, Depending on where he sits, he's like a mid-60s type guy prospect. I don't see him going in the first round. And forget what the draft hive says and forget what the draft, you know, the collective draft mind says because somebody says something and now everybody else like, oh, you know, that guy may have a point. And oh, you got this group thinking next thing you know, woo. Remember last year with Tyler Linderbaum? He's too small. And then yeah. everybody rushed on the – everybody's yeah. show had Tyler Linderbaum's too small. And all he did was kick people's asses last year at center for Baltimore. Yeah, there's a lot of groupthink that starts happening this time of year. And what happens on the internet with what people think towards the draft rarely pans out with guys like Hooker and Malik Willis and Tyler Linderbaum and all that stuff. 
if they could pick up Hooker at the end of the second round or early third round, I'd be cool with that. And if they could get like a Jack Campbell or a Macy Smith or Siaki Ika in their first couple picks or a Henry Tuoto, linebacker out of Alabama, if they could get guys like that on their defense and still get Hooker in the third round, I'd be okay with that. Would you? Getting the Hooker at 23, it's a little late these days, isn't it? <laughs> I would do that. Now, I just saw a flaw in our little system here. Doing good on gathering picks. We pick at 44. There's still a 31 area gap before we pick again at 75. What do you think of that? Is that too far to go? Or If they're going to trade out of the first round, I would like to see them end up with at least two second round picks and a third round pick. So you want more picks before like 87, 94. You want to have a few more picks thrown in, which is makes sense to me. Just like they did last year. I'd like to have them end up with like four picks in the top 100. Couple second round picks, a couple third round picks. I'm all about accumulating picks because I'm really excited about Brian Flores as the new defensive coordinator. I think he's going to get some pipe hitters. I like Flores coming in, Ted. He's going to be the Tanya Harding, and the NFC North is going to be the Nancy Kerrigan. Why? 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 <laughs> I have devoted my entire life to one objective winning an Olympic gold medal for my country. Give me a break. Why? Why did this happen to me? All right. That's our Vikings news. We'll take a break first. Come back. Gabriel's going to introduce our positional analysis. We'll roll into the defensive end. I was enjoying my Halloween when she walked in. Nice can. You have to help me find my party. What's your rate? 72 beats a minute. I just know that it's in a castle and there's lots of Coors Light. A castle like this? That's it! Get everything you need at Coors Light Halloween Headquarters, because it isn't Halloween without the silver bullet. You're a doll. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the Vikings Report with Drew and my papa. Positional analysis. Hit it, papa! We are back. We've got just few position groups left. We got defensive ends tonight. We got linebackers next week and then defensive backs in two weeks. And our good friend Tyler Fornas at The Real Forno on Twitter. You can find him there. And he's writing for like 500 different outlets now. You can't swing a dead cat without hitting Tyler Fornas TV show or writings on the internet these days. So good for he's Tyler. He's got it together. He's like a star now, huh? Yeah, he's getting there. That's pretty cool. Defensive end, Drew. You know, you look at defensive end. We were talking about these potential trade downs in our last segment. And I think if the Vikings do trade down and get some guys, there's potential there for them to pick an edge guy. Because right now, you look at their roster, it's really not all that encouraging. It's Ross Blacklock, Jonathan Bullard, James Lynch, and Asezi Otomeo. And I never pronounce that dude's name right, and I probably never will. I think it's Otomeo. 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 Did I nail your name? Did I get it right? No. Asezi Otomeo. Otomeo. <laughs> <laughs> You got a couple rotational guys in there, but uh, I mean, James Lynch has shown a little bit of promise, but I don't think you'd consider him anything near like a frontline starter at this point, would you? Do you grade any of those guys higher than a C? No. Well, you're not going to win Super Bowls with C players. Well, the whole bottom line and all that, the Vikings need defensive ends. With free agency pretty much done, I don't even think we're even going to go over those guys. Let's pull up the Drew Bunning big board for 2023 and show the defensive ends. Drew, what are your thoughts overall on the 2023 defensive end draft class? You know, I think it's a really good group, Ted, because 
every guy is versatile. It's not how it used to be where there's just a 4-3 guy hand in the dirt and that's his position. I mean, you got a bunch of guys who can play 3-4 defensive end. They can play stand-up outside. I mean, there's so much versatility. It gets, like, confusing trying to look at all these guys. But, you know, there's been 11 guys taken in the first round the last two years, edge guys. So it's a popular position. And, you know, everybody wants one of those guys. I do my defensive ends, edge guys, different than a lot of people do. A lot of people put the stand-up guys as an outside linebacker, like Zadarius Smith played. They list them under their linebacker board. I do it differently. I list stand-up, edge, pass rusher guys. I list them as defensive ends, along with the 4-3 or the 3-4 defensive ends. I put them all in one pool. Like Will Anderson, he's going to be a stand-up linebacker, edge guy. That's what he's going to play. So a lot of people will have him on their linebacker board instead of defensive end. I kind of mull them all together because I think rushing the passer is rushing the passer. As we get into it, uh, we're not going to get Will Anderson, tremendous player, but I don't think we're getting him. I don't think we're getting Tyree Wilson either. Tyree Wilson's a great example, Ted. He could play 3-4. On the end, next to the nose tackle, he could play that or a stand-up guy. Those two guys probably won't be available. Miles Murphy is a dude I'd love to have, Ted. He's going to be a great football player. He reminds me of Ziggy Ansah. Remember him? I do, yeah. Uh-huh. He can play for the Lions. He's a can't-miss guy. He gets better and better every season. And I want to tell you a little story about Miles Murphy real quick because it's worth mentioning. When he came to Clemson, the coaches told him, you need to you know, learn your position, the role of responsibility of what we need you to do. So when they asked him a week later, did you learn all the, the plays in your playbook at defensive end? And he took it upon himself. He said, yeah, I know all the positions responsibilities. Really? I know the nose tackle is supposed to do. I know what the defensive tackles are supposed to do. I learned everybody's position responsibility. Cause so if they're out of position, I could let them know. That's a little bit different than that Jamarcus Russell not looking at the CD at all. Mr. Jabba the Hutt, you fat, sloggily, no good, lazy. Oh, come on, Mama, that's a little strong. <laughs> that's a guy you want in your team who's going to give it the extra go. I mean, when I, when I heard that story, I thought, Miles Murphy, Vikings watch. Nolan Smith, Vikings watch. How about Nolan Smith, a 4-3-9 at the 40, Ted? The fastest out of all defensive linemen and linebackers. Second fastest 40 by a defensive end in the last 20 years. Is he a guy that you think if the Vikings move down to the late 20s, they would take a look at? If they make a trade down and stay at 28, 29, 30, he's a guy that they would look at. He could possibly be a guy they look at because he stays on the field all three downs. Does need to work on his pass rushing a little bit, but he might be on that list around that area. I think Nolan Smith's going to be a first-round pick, maybe. I got him at the end of the first round. You know, I'm kind of figuring... Smith and Hunter aren't both going to be here. I think one of them will. I don't think both of them will. Right. So we're probably going to have to replace an edge guy in a 3-4 somewhere down the road here come April 27th. The guy that might be the best fit for the Vikings is Lucas Van Ness. Okay. Not to be confused with the great Elliot Ness, Ted. (laughs) Elliot Van Ness, if he was, he would be untouchable. (laughs) (laughs) Idiot. I am going to prohibition that joke from now on. (laughs) Only real negative on Lucas Van Ness is he's still very inexperienced, Dad. Played a little under 950 snaps in college at Iowa, but he stood out on splash plays on a bunch of those plays, Ted. I got a couple questions for you, Mr. Bunting. There's a couple guys that are not on your list that I kind of thought the Vikings might be looking at. One is Andre Carter. He's a kid that plays for Army, and the Army uh, West Point said 
he could forego his military service and enter the draft. And then I'm going to butcher this kid's name. He's from Northwestern. Adetamiwa Adabawari, maybe, I think is how it's pronounced. That's why he's not on my list, Ted. Because uh, <laughs> those are a couple guys I thought that if the Vikings, you know, make a couple trades down, they would be right in that prime area to be drafted in the late first, early second round. So you got a guy, third, fourth round, one of your third or fourth round guys that you have maybe potentially on Vikings watch? I had Vikings watch on Derek Hall, who's an unbelievable player. You can't forget how good Derek Hall was with John Oates back in the day. <laughs> He was a real man-eater, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here he comes. Whoever he marries is going to be a rich girl. I like... <laughs> Stupid. I like Nick Herbig. He's a 3-4 defensive end. Not a stand-up guy, but a guy that's certainly better than Bullard. Very productive. 11 sacks for him in Wisconsin. He's not going to take long to have a starting job in the NFL. Great football bloodline with him, too, Ted. His brother plays guard for the Jets. Oh, really? Big motor, disruptive player in the trenches. I would consider him back in the fourth round, fifth round, depending on how many picks we have. Shreds blocks. The tough thing about watching the defensive ends is that if they can't get off blocks, it's hard to grade them. You know what my big sleeper is? Yaya Diaby from Louisville. I got to put him in there, and he's not going to make many top 15 boards, I don't think, but... A lot of work to do. Not going to play this year in the NFL. You know who Yaya Diaby is, Ted? He's a guy in three years, you watching him on TV, and everybody's saying, dude, that guy was a fifth-round pick or whatever. He looks like a first-round pick. He's just exciting to watch. Yaya Diaby. I put him on Vikings watch. I, I said he wouldn't play next year. He might come in as a pass rush specialist guy. He's super high ceiling, though, Ted. I really like him. I like him on tape. And that's it. Very good class. I wouldn't bitch if we got any of these guys. I notice you conspicuously skipped over Zach Harrison. Zach Harrison from Ohio State. No, I didn't. I put right in my notes. I want Ted to tell me about Zach Harrison. I wouldn't draft the dude, to be quite honest with you. Really? He was the number one player in the state of Ohio when he got recruited by Ohio State. And I think he was the 12th overall edge guy in the country. Five-star recruit. When he got to Columbus, you thought he was going to be next in the line of recent great defensive ends the, the Buckeyes have had. Chase Young, Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, on and on. And he just never developed. I mean, he never had more than four sacks in the year. They had three and a half, I think, did that twice. You look at him, you're like, dude, that's an NFL defensive end. I don't know if it's not fast or he just is slow to recognize plays. I don't think he has a great first move to get around offensive linemen to put pressure on the quarterback. He's another one of those guys currently on the Vikings roster, you know, Blacklock, Lynch. I think he's just a guy. You got him in third and fourth round. You're very consistent with what a lot of other places I've seen where they have Harrison. And for the life of me, I, I don't know why. One of his problems is he thinks too much before he reacts and runs to a guy. So he looks slow. A coach is going to teach him to react quicker and he's going to revert back to that. In high school, he's very confident about the role he played and what he did. He knew he was the best player on the field. When you know you're the best player on the field, you own everybody. He had one of the best defensive line coaches in the country, Larry Johnson at OSU, who cut his teeth for years at Penn State. The guy just never developed and never advanced to the level you thought he was going to be. Whoever plays defensive end over there, except for that new Kamulalula guy, they're not going to beat Michigan. Yeah, we'll see. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) That's it for me, though, with defensive ends. 
So that is our defensive end profile. Thanks again, Drew. That was a great breakdown, as always. Normally, I'd tell you we'd be taking a break, but we aren't doing trivia tonight because Ruby is just fed up with our shenanigans. (laughs) (laughs) She totally is, isn't she? No, we just got kind of a late start in the week, and and, uh, to make sure we can get the show out on time, We'll forego trivia this week. We'll be back next week with trivia. So that'll put a bow on, what episode is this, 96? Episode 96. Again, don't forget to like and subscribe. Drew, thanks again for everything. I thought it was a great trade-down scenario discussion we had tonight. Ruby, thanks for uh, doing everything you do to make this show what it is and getting it out on time. Thanks to everybody for watching, liking, subscribing, interacting, commenting. Don't forget the Thursday, the first two nights of the draft, that Thursday and Friday. What are the dates? 27th and 28th. 27th and 28th. We'll be on the first two nights of the draft live with our good buddy Christopher Gates. That's all I got. We'll try to do better the next time. Buddy, take us home. Thank you, Ted, for all the hard work and the great conversation about our draft coming up. And we'll be back next week on Sunday with Linebackers and Episode 97. Say goodnight, Ted. Good night, Ted. <laughs> Lieutenant Frank Driven, police squad, this is my captain, Ed Hawken. Is this some kind of bust? Well, it's very impressive, yes, but we need to ask you a few questions. Do you realize that because of you, this city is being overrun by baboons? Well, isn't that the fault of the voters? Uh... Have you tried sexy lingerie, some lacy underwear, or a black teddy? I've tried wearing them all. They don't work. Oh. Like a midget at a urinal, I was going to have to stay on my toes. No phone and mild from civilization. My prospects look bleaker than a gerbil's in a bathhouse. Slasher, have you seen my pigeon? <clears throat> pigeon? What pigeon? I was inside the cold gray walls of Statesville Prison. I was surrounded by pimps, rapists, and murderers. It was like being in the stands at a Los Angeles Raiders game. Mm-hmm.